Are you ready for the word of the Lord? It's going to be an awesome day today. We welcome all those watching online. So glad you tuned in to, to watch today. And we invite you, if you're ever in our area, please stop by, be our guest. We'd love to have you visit here in person. It's one thing to watch online, but it's on a whole nother level to be here in the house. And we would love to have you come and be our guest. Now today, how many enjoy board games or card games? Anybody love playing board games or card games? I love it because our family has started a tradition lately about during the holiday season, especially on, during Thanksgiving and New Year's and Christmas. Uh, we get together and we play board games, card games together. And it's, it's a really fun time because I got a lot of kids and they all have different interests. So we put all the other things away when we get around the table together. It can be a game that meant to last 15 minutes, turns into a couple of hours and the next thing you know, we're laughing, we're, we're, we're having fun, competing one against another. I love, I love board games. How many love the game of life? Anybody play the game of life when you was growing up? Anybody? Come on, raise your hand if you ever played life. Yeah. Spin the wheel. You're going to find out what your life's going to hold in the future. And as you go on, you realize that life is about, you know, you accumulate things along the way, you accumulate properties, and then you find out what kind of job and career path you're going to have, what kind of family you're going to have in the future, even find out what kind of pets you're going to get in the future. And then the person who gets all those things at the end, and the person who, uh, who has the most wealth and it gets all these million-dollar estates at the end is the person who wins at life. And so... How many know that's a good thing? But also, I can tell you this, that, that it's, if you're really being truthful, that this is really the way the world teaches us the game of life is. That the person who, who garners the most things, the person who garners the most estates, the person who garners the most possessions, those people win at the end of life. And I tell you that there's nothing wrong with winning in life, and there's nothing wrong with getting big things, and I hope today that you have a lot of things, but to win at the real game of life, there's a lot more to it than just what we get at the end of our life. It's a lot more to it than what we just accomplish uh, getting possessions in our life. There's a lot more to it when winning at the real game of life. I hope we can all retire with million-dollar estates. I hope we can all make good investments and learn to grow in, in your real estate and buy nice cars and, and have a nice account. I hope that you can all do that. Nothing wrong with those things. There's not a single thing wrong with those things. I hope we can all have it at the end of our life. But I, what I want you to realize is this. If you, I want you to have it, but I want you also to have a family that loves you and knows you. It's important that you, when you're surrounded on your last days around your deathbed, that people are really mourning your loss. They're going to really miss you because you were so present in their life. It's important that the people that are around you that you influence for the kingdom, the people that you influence for the good, the people that you helped along your way. I don't want you to look back and have any regrets in life. I've had the chance of being a pastor, of course, I've been called to the deathbed of many people. And I never had one person ever had one person in the history of, of 30 years of ministry, I've never had one person ever say to me, Pastor, you know what? I wish I could have bought just one more house. I wish I, wish I could have just saved a little more money. I wish, I wish I could have just bought that one extra car. I, I wish I'd have I'd done that. But I always hear the opposite. I always hear, I wish... I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I'd have gave more to the kingdom. I wish I'd have done more for God. I hear all these things, and, 
and your life today is a sum total of everything that we're working toward and we're doing. And I don't want you to look back with regret today. So today I want to talk to you about the, how to win at the real game of life. The real game. Not the one you buy for $17 at Walmart. But the real game of life. And the win at the real game of life is going to require wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, wisdom. Do you have it, baby? Wisdom. To win at the real game of life, you got to have wisdom. So we're going to jump into Proverbs. And we're going to be spending some time in Proverbs this week and over the next few weeks. And we're going to look at Proverbs. Proverbs is the wisdom book. And we're going to get some wisdom from the word about how to win at the game of life. Wisdom, look at this definition. And I want to ask you this question. Do you, do you have wisdom? Do you have wisdom? It's one thing to have wisdom, but do you use wisdom? Maybe that should be the other question, the follow-up question. What is wisdom? Let's look at it. Wisdom is the God-given ability to determine right, the right thing from the unwise thing. It's the God-given ability to determine the right thing from the unwise thing. Today, we realize that there's a lot of people making a lot of decisions, and it's not always the right decision. And we got to make sure that growing in wisdom says, I'm learning the right timing for my decision. I'm writing, run, learning the right thing to do at the right time. It's a complex statement. Wisdom is a complex thing. No one works, wakes up with just wisdom. It's something you garner over your lifetime. But there's ways you can speed up and garner more wisdom, and I, I want to give them to you today. Wisdom is a life that honors God and honors the ones that you love. Godly wisdom will produce much godly fruit in our life. Godly wisdom will produce more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It will produce more faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. See, godly wisdom produces godly fruit. No, pastor, I don't, need, I don't need wisdom. I just need more money. I get it. I get it. We've all been there. We all feel like we just had a little bit more money. My troubles will be so much easier. Let me tell you, no, that's not true. Because without wisdom, you get that money and it's going to go right through your fingers like it did last time. You're just going to blow it like you did last time. If you don't have wisdom on how to set your budget up and how to live within your means and how to invest correctly, that money you think is going to make you happy is going to be gone just like that. The wisdom says, no, I'm not going to blow it like we did last time. Last time, we went on three vacations, bought three new cars, and now I can't afford the insurance on those cars. Well, maybe I should have, wisdom says, I call ahead of time and find out if I buy this car, can I afford the insurance on the car? That's wisdom. Wisdom says, how much am I going to use that thing, and is it really worth that money tied up there? Is it going to lose value? Is it going to gain value? Is it going to hold value? I mean, there's a lot of wisdom that goes into making decisions. And we got to learn that wisdom is what God wants all of us. Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't need wisdom. I just need, if I could just get another spouse, if I could find the right, right guy or the right girl, man, my life would be so much easier. No, without wisdom, you're just going to blow that relationship like you did the last three. You need wisdom. How am I supposed to operate in a relationship? No, 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 no. Listen, I need wisdom. How am I going to handle a marriage? How am I going to treat my spouse? Wisdom. How do I pick the right guy? Because maybe you're a godly person 
and you think, you know, I love the Lord. What am I doing wrong? Maybe you didn't get some wisdom on how to pick the right guy because the last three you picked were not the right guys. Maybe you need to know how to pick the right girl. You need some wisdom. How do you do that? I got to get around some godly people, let them speak into my life and say, you've got to get married. What attracted you to that person? What helped you make a good decision? I got to get around people and allow them to speak into my life. I need wisdom, right? I don't need a thing. I need wisdom before I need things. I need wisdom before I need anything else. Wisdom will help you navigate through life and win. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, look what it says. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This word it says here that we are to seek, depend on the Lord. It means don't depend on our own understanding. That means the same word we use for sit, put all of our weight on we're not to sit on our own understanding, put all of our weight on our own understanding, but instead I'm to do that with the Lord. God, I'm sitting, I'm putting all my marbles in your basket, God. Everything I have belongs to you. Everything I'm going to do belongs to you and your plan. And so I'm, I know the what I want to do, but God, I'm going to wait until you tell me to do it. I'm going to wait until you send me the right time, the right people, the right thing to do, the right decision to do, the right timing to do. God, I'm waiting on you. It's learning to depend on the Lord for God's wisdom. I want us to learn Proverbs. I want us to look into Proverbs. I want us to dive into Proverbs. We, we see here the, the word Proverbs here. It's just full. It was wrote by the most... Uh, the Bible says the wisest man in all the world, his name is King Solomon. Remember he asked for wisdom? When God said, you please me so much, ask me for anything. And he goes, I asked for wisdom. And God says, because you asked for wisdom, he goes, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to make you the most wealthiest person in all the world. You didn't ask for riches, you asked for wisdom. And because you asked for the wise thing, because you asked for the right thing, because you asked for the most important thing, Everything else that you didn't ask for is going to follow. I think God was trying to set a pattern for you and I to learn. Not only was King Solomon being blessed, but God was saying, listen, when you seek wisdom, the other things in your life begin to follow. The other things will follow. But you seek wisdom first, and then other things will fall into line. I want us to lean into Proverbs. I want us to gain some wisdom today. So how do we do that? Number one, seek God's wisdom. Write that down. Seek God's wisdom we got to learn to say, God, I want your wisdom above anybody else's wisdom. I saw this funny tweet the other day. Look at this. This guy said, I, I, I tried the text, I'm on my way. But instead I said, I'm in my way. He goes, I think I just had a therapy breakthrough. Anybody relate? If we could, sometimes if we could just get out of our own way. Sometimes we, we are our biggest trouble. I don't know why. I don't know why, I don't know why I keep having all these bad relationships. Well, there's a common equation in all those relationships. Go and look it up. It's me. I was involved in all those relationships. And so maybe there's something in me that needs to change if I'm going to change my next relationship. Maybe there's something in me that's picking out the wrong person instead of the person God wants me to pick out. 
Maybe I, I'm so, so it's in a hurry to get security from them and not from God that I'm making the wrong decision quickly instead of taking my time and making a godly decision. Wisdom says I learn who the person is. Wisdom says I learn them on their good days and their bad days. Because how many know you're going to have both when you get married? So I need to see them at the worst as well as their best. So, so there's wisdom that comes along. I've got to get out of the way. Sometimes we get in the middle of the, like we're on the own way of gaining wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12 says it seems right. Look at this. There's a path before each person that seems like the right thing to do, but in the end, it's death. And he's saying we always have God's path, and then we have a path that we're like, you know what? This path seems like it's a lot quicker. This path will make a shortcut to where I want to be. This path will get me there faster. This path will get me there quicker. This path will get me there in a better way. And listen, if you get to where you want to be before you're ready, if you don't have wisdom, you will end up blowing the opportunity that you were there for. So God wants you to learn to garner wisdom along the struggle. God wants you to struggle. God wants you to figure it out and learn some things. So, so when you get there, number one, you're going to appreciate it. Number two, you can navigate and manage it with wisdom and don't let it puff you up. But instead, you become humble because you know how hard it was to work to get there. You've got to have wisdom more than you need the blessing. You need wisdom before the blessing. Come on, somebody. You've got to have that wisdom. When we do what's right according to what we want, it always seems to lead down a different path with always ends in hardship. But when we humble ourselves and say, God, I need you first. You know, the Greek word for idiot is adios. Adios. Not adios. Adios. Adios means one's own. One's own. One's own. So the person who is always trying to do one's own way, like it's my way or the highway, I've got this, no one else can tell me what to do, I can figure this out, I don't need help from nobody else. You're operating in one's way, you're operating in an idiot spirit. Someone turned to your neighbor and said, I think he just called me an idiot in Greek. Can you believe that? I can't. Just saying. It's an idiot spirit. An idiot spirit is one who thinks he can do everything on his own. No one can do it all by yourself. When you do, you're operating in an idiot spirit. Wisdom says, I've got to learn from other people. If I want to grow in my business, I get around people who've been successful in their business and say, teach me what I need to learn going there. If I want to grow in my marriage, I get around people who are successful in marriage and say, teach me how to be successful in marriage. If I want to become a better parent, I get around people who have raised good kids and say, teach me how to raise these good, healthy kids. I get around and I garner it and I wisdom comes from learning from other people's mistakes. Wisdom says, I'll learn from your mistake so I don't have to suffer the same pain. So today, if I said, Tim, go out to the parking lot, and Tim takes off, and he sprints, and he runs into that wall, and dislocates his shoulder, and, and breaks his arm, you're going to say, you know what? I think I'll use the door next time instead of trying to run through the wall. Thanks, Tim, for that lesson. But how many of us, we, we laugh about that because it's funny, but how many of us do the same thing all the time? We try to run through a path that's not been there yet. Or I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to find my own way. And we run into a wall, knocks us down. We suffer a lot of pain. And I'm like, oh, there's a different way to get there? If I just would have asked somebody, I could have found the doorway. 
If I just could have asked somebody to open the door, I could have stepped through without so much pain. And wisdom says this, I will learn from your mistake so I don't have to suffer the same pain. Or wisdom comes this way, sometimes you just gotta learn the hard way. And so I'm gonna have to experience this the hard way so I learn what not to do next time. Both are there for you, but which way do you wanna get it? Do you wanna experience the pain to get through wisdom? Or do you wanna say, you know what? I'd like to avoid as much pain and hardship as possible, and I'm gonna try to garner as much wisdom as I can from the word of the Lord, from other godly people around me, other godly businessmen and women who are around me, and let me get some wisdom from them. This is what God designed us to do, to have wisdom. Wisdom learns. Proverbs is God's godly principles. Solomon was the wisest man in the world, according to Scripture at this time. And when he wrote Proverbs, it was godly principles. Now, I want to tell you, these are godly principles. It doesn't guarantee, just because I do every single one, that everything's going to be 100% correct, such as Proverbs 22.6. Let's read it. Proverbs 22.6. This is a good one. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Now, this is a principle, a godly principle. It's saying this. It doesn't, doesn't mean this, that if you raise your kids in church and teach them to do the right thing, that when they get old, that they won't, you won't have one that strays. It doesn't mean that. Because I've known some good, godly people that have had kids that have gone off astray. And it wasn't because their parents didn't raise them the right way. For whatever reason, they're going through something and they made a decision to, to go. And I've seen just the opposite as well. I've seen some, some, some parents who didn't bother to have their kids raised in church, but that kid decided they wanted to pursue more of God, and all of a sudden they became just like angels and seeking after God, and man, they're coming in the church all the time, and I sing just the opposite. So this is not a guarantee, but what it is saying is this, the best chances for you to raise good children is to have them in the house of the Lord, is to have them there teaching while they're young. So when they're old, they won't leave that teaching. Now remember, oh, it was a lot better when I was connected to the church. It was a lot better when I was serving God. My life was a lot better when I was going to church with my family. My, my life. So the best case scenario is this. While they're young, you do everything you can to have them in the house. You do everything you can to have them in the house of the Lord and to teach them to honor the Lord, to seek God. That's your best chance. That's what it's telling us. That's wisdom. How about Proverbs 16, 18? I like this one. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. He's telling us, man, you got too much pride, you're gonna fall. If I get there too quickly, I get that promotion so quick, and I'm there, pride, look what I've done. You people are answering to me now. How many know you're not gonna be the boss very long? Nobody's gonna wanna work for you very long. But you realize, you know what? I work just like these people. I, I, I worked and I, and I busted my rear out like everybody else. And I worked really hard, so when I get here, I respect the people that are working really, really hard, and I know what they've been through to get where they're at. And so I understand where they're at, and I show more sympathy with them. I emphasize with them. And even though I'm their leader, I'm pulling with them. I'm not bossing them around. Pride, right? Pride says, you do what I tell you because I'm the boss. But a humble spirit, wisdom says, no, let's, let's do it together. Let me lead you as your boss. Let me help you as your boss. That's wisdom. People follow that kind of a leader. 
as the NFL and, and NCA are in training camps all around the U.S. today. My son Landon called me this morning. They're, in, they're in, on the field this morning. He said, pray for me, Dad. It's going to be hot. And we're, we're praying. And he told me, he said, you know what? They're, Missouri State is ranked number five, preseason ranked number five, one of the highest rankings they've ever had preseason in the nation. And he said, already the coaches are coming to him and saying, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't believe what you're seeing on Twitter. Don't believe the reports. You ain't won a game yet. You ain't done nothing yet. You haven't won any awards yet. You got to be hungry. You got to fight for it. You got to stay humble. You go out thinking you're better. You're going to get beat by a team you should win against. And so they are coaching it everywhere. Don't, don't. As soon as a team beats somebody and think, oh, we're the best team there is and we're going to beat anybody, that team is probably going to lose the following week. Why? Because pride comes before the fall. Wisdom says that I can't live my life full of pride. I've got to stay humble. I've got to listen to other people. I have something to, I can learn something from everybody. I can learn, I can learn something from everybody if I open my ears and listen. Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Can you believe that? I said, can you believe that? Is that the truth or what? I mean, come on. Wisdom replies with a gentle answer. Unwise people raise their voice back. And I can tell you that, man, I can struggle with this sometimes. How about you? Anybody want to? I'll be the first one to admit. I can struggle with this one. I, I know the wisdom says this. I, I, wanna, I, I was right. And so if I'm right, i got to talk louder than you to prove that I was right. And the louder I talk, the louder they're going to talk. And the louder they talk, the more mad they're going to get, and the more mad I'm going to get. And all of a sudden, this small thing has escalated out of control because I didn't use wisdom. But wisdom says if I will just lower my tone, that that person will begin to lower their tone, and then all of a sudden we can reach a sensible agreement instead of letting the small escalate. Wisdom says I respond with a soft, I, listen, you need to write this down. This will save your marriage. I'm telling you right here. I've learned the hard way. My wife, I, we were talking, and I was telling her, you know, Early on, having five children, there came a time, I said, time out, honey, I gotta got tell you something. I said, listen, you have five kids and you're talking to all five of these small children every day. And when I get home, I'm not one of your kids. You can't talk to me the same way you talk to them. You can't bark orders at me the same way you bark orders at them. I don't respond well to that. It's not setting good with me. and It's making me want to respond differently. And, and you know, something happened. And when I, she told me, you know what? You need to just lower your tone. If you just lower, honey, lower your tone with the kids. Lower your, lower your tone with me. And I, okay, you're right, you're right. All of a sudden, I feel my blood coming back to my body. <laughs> and I, I start to de-escalate. There's a lot of wisdom right there. It's a lot of wisdom. Learn how to talk to people. This is, I tell you, it works. I've used it so many places where I've been where people have escalated out. I remember one time I had a road wage instance and this guy, I know I'm, someone actually ran me off the road and I may or may not follow him into the parking lot to confront him. I'm not saying I would have done that, but just to say hypothetically, something like that happened. And I remember I was so mad and I got out. And as soon as I got out, the Lord said, 
use wisdom. And I shut the door and he was ready to confront me and I was ready to confront him. And I said, hey, I am so sorry. I think maybe I cut you off and man, I'm, I'm so sorry. Forgive me, man, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden he was like, oh man, that's my fault. Oh, I was a stupid one. I, should, I didn't see you. And all of a sudden we're out there apologizing to each other. But if I had to just stop for a split second and use wisdom, I can see the papers now. Local pastor gets in the fist fight. Some of you would like that. I know. You guys like it too much. Listen, any, 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 any pig can sling the mud. Wisdom doesn't sling the mud. It says, we will talk, and we will talk at this level. If you want to talk to me, we'll communicate at this level. Here, we can get something accomplished. We're both here. It's not going to happen. So wisdom, it works with my children. It works with my spouse. It works on my job. It works everywhere. This is a, such a good thing of wisdom. Wisdom, people know how to use it. Proverbs 4, 7, look at this nugget. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Are you kidding me? The wisest thing you can do is get wisdom. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. This is where it's at. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. I need to garner more wisdom. We're asking for the wrong thing. God, give me this. God, give me this. We should be saying, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. See, if I get his wisdom, then everything else that I need will fall into line. Because then I have the wisdom to steward the things he wants to put in my life. Why would he bless me if I'm not going to steward it well? Right? If I, boy, if I could just make $100,000 a year, I would, no, you won't, because you can't manage the $30,000 a year you're getting right now. Why is he going to bless you with $100,000 a year when you are still broke at $30,000? they learn to budget and manage what you have now, and then God can bless you with more later. That's the way it works. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's preaching to you. He can't be preaching to me. Did you, some of you are like, honey, did you text the pastor before we came to church? And told them what to preach on. We just had this fight. Soft answers bring everything down, and wisdom is our greatest need. It's our key that unlocks the door. And number two, you got to learn to reset your priorities. Seek God's wisdom. We seek God's wisdom, number one, and then we learn to reset our priorities. And this is something that doesn't happen just once. It should be done at the very least yearly. You need to learn to reset your priorities. What things have I allowed to step in? What are the busy things I'm doing that are not letting me accomplish my priorities? I, priorities become the things I guard. Priorities get my first of my time. My priorities get the first of my resources. My priorities become my first of my focus. Everything else will fit in where it fits in, but my priorities must stay a priority. How many people like to play to win? Come on. If you play a game, how many say, I play to win? Anybody here plays to win? Right? How many say, I just like to play for fun? Anybody? Raise your hand if you like to play for fun. Come on, that's all right. I, I remember I had to learn that. It's okay to play for fun sometimes. I don't always have to win at everything. I remember playing with my kids when they were young. People say, did you let your kids win? No! Look at them. They're bigger than I am now. I knew there'd come a time when I couldn't beat them, so I beat them every chance I got when they was growing up. I didn't let my kids win. No, I didn't let my kids win. I taught them how to play with the big boys. 
Block that shot up into the stands. Go pick that ball up. Let's go. I may or may not have almost got kicked out of upward, okay? I may or may not. I mean, it may not happen. But I, I, I made a lot of stupid mistakes, Tim, growing up and raising kids. I didn't have a lot of wisdom, but wisdom said this. I remember our first year coaching tackle football in Webb City in third grade. We had a great team that went undefeated. But you know what? We got together as coaches in the year and said, you know what? We didn't do a good job. We took us way too serious. There's some kids who didn't play enough, and there's some things we need to do. So the next season, we decided that we were going to teach them how to win, but we're also going to teach them how to have fun. That winning is having fun in third grade. So we, we did things different. We divided and made extra teams. And, and we, I, made, I mean, everybody, we didn't have one team that was stacked. Every team was, had a few good players and some beginners and everything else. And you know what? We, we just won. We won about as many as we lost. And it was okay because we developed players. We developed teammates. We developed young men. We developed how to, how, how, to have, how to have respect for a coach and respect your parents. We taught them a lot of life lessons, and they, they loved the game. See, it's about winning, but it's not always about winning, right? Wisdom says it's not always about winning, even though I feel like it is. Look what it says here. You've got to have your priorities straight, and your priorities got to be flexible. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. When it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, he's not saying be, be afraid or scared of the Lord, but he's saying you, you, you want to honor him. It's, it's an honor thing. It's a sacred thing. God, I, I want to honor the Lord so much out of reverence. I want to do what's right before the Lord. I want to seek his wisdom. It's not a fear that he's going to strike me down. It's, it's, a, it's a no, I want to honor the Lord. He gave his life for me. He sent his son for me. I, I wanna, he's blessed me with so much more. I want to honor you, Lord. He's brought me out of a place where I didn't belong, and he's got my feet, and he's blessing me. God, I honor you. You're better to me than I could ever be to myself. It's a place that God wants us to be. Honor. I'm small. God, you are big. Sometimes we can feel like the big dog, can't we? When things are going well, we can feel like, man, we're the, we got it. But the fear of the Lord says, no, it's always about, this is my posture. God, I always kneel before you. Any success I have, God, it's because of you. If I'm successful in business, it's because of you. If I'm successful in my marriage, it's because of you. If I'm successful raising my children, it's because of you. If I'm successful doing anything, God, it's because of you. The giftings you've given me, the knowledge you've allowed me to learn, the people you've placed around me, the work ethic you've given me, whatever it is, God, I acknowledge that God is because of you. And all this can disappear just like that. See, I, wisdom realizes that. Wisdom realizes a storm can come through and we can lose half our town. We know that. We've been there. Wisdom says that stock markets can crash in one day and everything I had built up can be gone. So that's why my treasure is not put up in those things. They're all great. But wisdom says, you know what? God, if it leaves, you can help me build it back up again in the future. Wisdom says, God, that's not what's important. What's important is what's around me today. Wisdom is my family. Wisdom is my children. Wisdom is my relationships. Wisdom is I know my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, it's wisdom. 
to honor the Lord should be your top priority. So, so let me give you a list of priorities here. I wrote down my priorities just to help you along. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Make it, seek out your priorities and rearrange and reset your priorities. I got to look at my priorities. Here, here, here's some of them right here. Number one is my relationship with God. It's the first thing. Above being a pastor, listen, I'm not talking about Pastor Gene. I'm talking about Gene, okay? This is me. Before I do anything, it's about my relationship. I'm not reading to get a sermon. I got to read for today for me, God. I'm not praying because I need God's help for a sermon or for a ministry. I need help for me. I need help. I need help to be a better husband. I need help to be a better father. I need help to be a better person. Believe it or not, I struggle just like you. And so I need God's help. And it becomes a priority. I've got to make sure that is a priority in my life before anything else that I'm where I need to be. And many times other things come in and crowd out that schedule. So it's up to me to keep my relationship with God first and foremost. Nobody's going to do that for you but yourself. Second thing is my family. For me, my family is number two on that list. Nothing's more important than family. Did you hear me? Nothing's more important in my life than family. It's important to me. Many times, those of you who've been here for a long time, you know when my kids were small and we started Destiny Church with just a, a few families, I would bring my family up on stage and I would tell the congregation, listen, if I ever got to pick between my family and you, I'm sorry. I'm always going to pick my family. I'm going to make sure they, they have the time. I'm going to beat their games. I'm going to coach their teams. I'm, I'm going to be present in their life. You're going to get what I can give you, but I may not be able to give you everything you want because sometimes my family's going to need me. And I put them up first. And people have asked me, why, Pastor Gene, how, how do you get, how did you raise such awesome kids? And I can tell you, first of all, they're not quite awesome because I raised them. I can tell you, they got a lot of me inside of them. But they are awesome kids. And they're young adults and they all serve the Lord and they're all working for the church. They're not perfect people. They've made a lot of mistakes just like your kids. But one thing has happened is because I said, I'm going to be evident in their life. We're going to be real in their life. They made sure, you know what? Dad didn't love the church more than he loved us. Do your kids think that you love work more than you love them? Do they think you love your hobby more than you love them? Do you think you love that car more than you love them? Do they think, what, does your family know how much they really mean to you? It should be a priority, man. I'm going to make sure. Before, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to have days off, family day. Every week, I should have a family day if I'm raising a family. Every week, I should have family time. Set it aside. No one's going to make you do it. You've got to do it yourself. Number three, I have church. And I'm talking about here, I'm not talking about my work. I'm talking about church, okay? It should be a priority. It was a priority because I had to make sure that other things didn't come in. I had some athletes on my, on my kids. And so I had people coming on. We want your kid to be a part of this travel team. We want your kid to play here. I had, we want your kid to come here and we can get your kid a scholarship if you do this and we can do this. All these things coming along. And I had to say, you know what? Those are all great. We'll do as much as we can. But if missing church means doing that, we're not going to do it. If missing church on a regular basis, I know there's always an occasion when you have something come up you can't control, but that's how it's all right. It happens. I understand that. You, do, you don't make the planning. But if it happens every Sunday, next thing you know, you're only here at Easter and Christmas. I'm talking about wisdom. Garden church. It's a family thing. We're, we're, we're coming. We're going to be here. I'm going to be here. Church, no. I'll meet you after church. I'll meet you before church. We're going to be at church. I'll play with you on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, but Sunday morning I'm going to be in church. It becomes a priority. And then I have four and five is health and work. And you can flip five these either way you want to. 
But for me personally, I believe it this, that my health has got to be good because if my health is not good, then my work is not good. I've got to be good mental health. I've got to be in good physical health. If not, I don't, have the, I don't have the right energy, the right stamina. I don't have the right clarity to make good decisions and to be the leader God's calling me to be. So to be the leader God's calling me to be, I've got to make sure I have good mental and physical health. I've got to take care of my body. And it looks at different times and different seasons, at different ages. As I'm aging, it looks differently than it did when I was 20 years ago. I've got to garner that. I've got to take care of my health. I want to make sure my mental health is right. I got to make sure, man, if I need a day off, I better take a day off. Otherwise, I'm going to stress out and not going to be good to anybody else going forward. I got to know it's time for me to get some rest. I got to do this. Uh, someone said, Pastor, why'd you put work last? Work is not last. You're misreading this list if you think work is last because work is really, really important. It's so important. I'm going to devote a whole another message to that by itself, okay? Work is really, really important. It didn't, it's not at the bottom of the list. It, it made the list, okay? There's hundreds of things that could go on this list. Work was one of my top ones. Work is important. You, you need to work. You need, you need to work. You need to work. It's important that you work in your job. You put the right amount of attention to your job and your work. Those are important things. And you got to make your list out. What's important to you? Your, your list may look a, a little bit different or maybe. Some things flipped around. One thing may be three, one may be four, and four may be two. Just, whatever it is, that's okay. But what I'm telling you is this, this is my list, and this is what I believe God has showed me. There's wisdom for my life. And so i got to seek it out and put priorities there. Make your list out. Guard it. Nobody else is going to guard your list but you. Everybody else is going to come in there and try to take the time away from you, try to make their thing a priority, and you say, you get, you, I, I'll help you, but... It's going to be after these things, okay? If it doesn't fit here, then I've got to make time for you outside of here, okay? And I'm only limited to so much I can do. Can I, can I tell you something that will set you free? It's okay to say no sometimes. It's okay. Well, I want to please everybody. I know you do, and I appreciate that, but it's okay to say no sometimes. It's all right. It's not okay to be lazy, but it's okay to say no sometimes because it doesn't fit in the priorities, and you're just simply out, out of time. I'll say, I may say yes next season, but this season i got to wait. Wisdom says, what's really going to matter at the end of my life? Wisdom asks that question, what's really going to matter? You know, I, I've sat with a lot of people at the end of their life, and they always say, I wish I'd have spent more time with the things that really matter, and less time stressing about things that don't matter. We, we, we spend so much of our time stressed about things that really don't matter. And we neglect the things that really do matter. The kingdom of God, who am I taking with me to heaven? What am I doing to invest in the kingdom of heaven? Those are, those are very important things. And my family, are they, are they being raised in church? Do they know that's a priority, that God's a priority in our life? Wisdom. The question is, we need to ask ourselves is, what is the wise thing to do? Maybe start asking yourself that question. Before you make a major decision, say, God, what's the wise thing for me to do? It may not be wrong for you to do something, but maybe it's not the wisest time to do it. Maybe it's better for you to wait a little bit longer before you make that purchase. Maybe it's a little bit longer before you make this change. Maybe it's a little bit longer before you step out. And sometimes you got to realize, you know what? It's never going to be the right time. I just got to step out. The wise time is now. You just got to ask. Well, ask that question. Ask of the Lord. 
God, what's the wise decision for me to make? When you get mad and you feel your temperature rising, ask yourself, is this the wisest thing for me to go in there and cuss out my boss right now? That's not going to end good for you. Well, they, they, they accuse me of things. They're talking about it. I did this and he's saying I did this. Yeah. There's a reason why you've had three jobs in three years. Use some wisdom. Sometimes you just got to bite your tongue even when you're right. God, what's the wise thing for me to do? Calm down. Don't confront him in anger. Calm down and talk to him when it's the right timing. Talk to him over lunch when we're just talking and not when I'm mad. Oh, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. That can save your job. It probably can improve your job. Act the wrong way, even though you're right. It costs you your job. Wisdom. So I want to ask you this today. Over the next 31 days, there's 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs. It's a small book in the Bible. And there's 31 chapters. How many today would say, Pastor, I'll, I'll take the next 31 days and I'll read one chapter of Proverbs a day. That you'll join me in the Proverbs challenge. How many say, I'll do that won't take you very long at all. Proverbs is a very small chapter, so you can read them just in a matter of just a few minutes. Raise your hand. Bet you, I'm going to do it, okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're asking God, God, grow us in wisdom. I'm going to read one, pro, one, one chapter of Proverbs a day for the next 31 days. And while we're doing that, we're asking God, God, let me grow in wisdom. God, help me to seek wisdom first. Help me to ask for wisdom first and let everything else fall into place. I want you to be wise. I want you to grow. I want you to have wisdom. I don't want you just to feel Holy Ghost goosebumps and leave out of here and say, man, that was awesome. But I want you to leave out of here and grow in wisdom so you can learn how to walk what you experience in here on Sunday morning out. How do I walk out what I just experienced with God? How do I walk out what I just heard from God? How do I walk out what I just got prayed over? How do I walk out what I just learned? How do I walk out what I just learned, what I wrote down? Wisdom, wisdom. The wisest man in the world asked God for it, and God blessed him with everything else. I think you and I should be doing the same thing. God, let's ask for wisdom. Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us here without answers, but God, you gave us instruction, teaching us how to grow in wisdom. Your word is full of wisdom. For every situation in my life, your word is full of wisdom. How to win in every area of my life. It comes from wisdom. I pray to Father that you allow us to move beyond pride that hasn't asked for help. That we try to work on our own spirit. That God help us now to humble ourselves and say, God, we need wisdom above anything else in our life. Forgive us for allowing wrong priorities to be there. Let us reset our priorities and seek you for wisdom in our life. As you stand to your feet today, how many say, Pastor, I'm going to grow in wisdom over the next 31 days. I'm going to grow. That's you. God's speaking to you today. Raise your hand. That's me. I want to grow in wisdom. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Keep your hands raised. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray over the next 31 days that, God, there's an outpouring of wisdom on another level. That, God, you begin to speak wisdom, you begin to share wisdom, and you allow wisdom to come alive, God, in every heart. If every believer here today, God, wisdom, I pray, that's going to increase in their mind, in their heart, in their spirit, in Jesus' name.
We thank you, Father, for seeking wisdom first in the name of the Lord.